as parents, we want to encourage our kids, right? Yeah. But I mean, of course. Of course, right. That's a great answer. Okay. Of course we should want to like encourage. There's a trick in here somewhere. <laughs> um, but I do think we we can fall short, even as Christian parents, in how we encourage our kids, how we talk to them, how we, um, at least I know for us, the Fredericks, I think, I think we've been very cautious in how we encourage because of our conversation today. Like, are we really encouraging our children uh, when we tell them they're amazing and they can do anything? Is that really encouragement to them or is it... Feeding into their delusion. <laughs> and when we say they can do anything they put their minds to, are we creating a narcissist or somebody who's self-reliant and who therefore is going to need to find all things for themselves and rely on yeah. themselves versus God reliant? How, where is that line and how are we, right. how are we uh, defining that line for them and how we encourage them, how we talk to them, how we even model the Christian walk mm. for them? So that is our conversation today and we'll see you on the other side. Selena, part of me thinks that it's heresy among parents to say anything other than just blanket your child with encouragement all the time for every reason whatsoever. To counter that, I feel like is almost heretical in our day and age. And what you're, what I hear you saying is we need to be encouragers, but careful encouragers. Intentional yeah, mindful encouragers. encouragers. Mindful encouragers. Yes. We need to not be, that we're stingy with our encouragement, but we don't, but we have targeted encouragement. Yeah. It's saying. not, and I think it's what we're saying. It's what the encouragement, what encouragement is coming out of our mouths, not just what we think should come out of our mouths, but are we really teaching them the truths of Christ when we encourage them? Are we encouraging scripture in them, right? Not just. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to go through something I found on Instagram because I thought it was super encouraging and also a bit challenging. And we wanted to just dialogue it today. But before we do that, shout out, big old shout out to our new patrons, our newest friends, the Fierce family, Patreon community. Yes. Jesse. Hello, Jesse. Sandy with an I. Hello, Sandy with an I. (laughs) And Lindsay. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. We've said it before, we'll say it again. We couldn't do this without our awesome patrons. So welcome to the community. I'm overdue to post in there. And welcome to, to the some, Fierce Force. Is that what you're going to call it? You know, so? I kind of gave up on that one. Maybe last you guys weekend. can help us think of a, a, a name. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's someone out there. Okay. We've already asked our listenership for it. And you know what? Frankly, it's been a little bit <laughs> lackluster. I have not seen any good suggestions. Well, maybe Jesse, Sandy, and Lindsay are going to... Up the up the gumption here. Yeah, well, I'll be <laughs> glad for that. So thank you. Uh, we are working hard to build that community because it's it's honestly how we build this ministry. I am I'm thrilled to be doing this. I'm excited today because yesterday we had a we had some time on the lake and I thought I was going to be horribly horribly sunburned. I put sunscreen on about four hours too late. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, it's damage control. <laughs> And at, we, got, we got to cap off the end of the day. We had some friends that were on a rowboat. We, we met out there together. We were able to take them ashore. We gave them sunny. And then I got to take Selena out. And you did what? What did you do in the twilight? <laughs> I got to wakeboard at twilight on the smooth lake. Oh, it was just, just heaven on deep, earth. deep, dark sunset waters. It God's was beautiful. Grace. It was God's beautiful. God's grace in the form of a still waters. I haven't done that in about two years because um, I don't usually wakeboard when I'm pregnant. And it was, it was 15 minutes of pure joy and I am a little sore, but I feel great. <laughs> God is good. So, um, I would like to mention these people. So I, we, I follow, they don't have a big following. They're called training hearts. They're an older couple that is been around for quite a while. They have training hearts, parenting courses. You've probably 
seen them or heard of them. Maybe they've only got like 3,600 followers, but that's I've, a big deal. It that's is. Fine. Yeah. Um, in this space, especially because I, yeah. yes, I <clears throat> really appreciate the, the things that they touch on, how they teach them and how they, they sort of, Sonny's here, by the way. <laughs> they compare and contrast, you know, what what is, you know, like the true gospel and how are we really encouraging that? Or things like when you when your child lies without concern or conviction, is it time to discipline? How to discipline, when to discipline? Like they really just you can tell they've been there, done that. I think they have, you know, like eight kids or something like that. And <laughs> I don't know. You know. There's I've really been encouraged. But one of their latest posts that came up in my feed was talking about pride. It was talking about kids' self-esteem. Now, I think this might ruffle some feathers. If I have some friends that I think I know pretty well, I think this might ruffle some feathers. So we're going to go through each of these images. It says, we have been convinced that we must build up our child's self-esteem. Yet self-esteem is nothing more than pride, which God opposes like an enemy. Pride is at the root of every sin we have ever committed. Okay. That's the first image. Hold on. Can we respond to it? Are we going to respond to it later? Sure. Sure. So I, I totally agree with the idea that pride is at the root of every sin we've ever committed. That ha- I had to pause and think about that. Yes, I agree with pot. Sorry. I agree with pride as being the root of every sin. Yeah. But, the but hotter self-esteem. Take, the hotter take is, yeah, self-esteem is a form of pride. It's nothing more than pride is what they said. And God opposes. So in other words, they're saying that God opposes our self-esteem. So the so, question I ask is, is it sinful to feel good about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and to encourage I, your child to feel good about themselves. I don't think you can, I think, I don't think we can say that. I right. think we can say that it can be sinful to, th- to feel good about yourself. It can be sinful. It can lead to sinful behavior? Right. It just depends on the heart. It's always going to depend on the heart. Like, so if I look at myself <laughs> and I say, I feel good about Ryan because God has made me in his image and he has loved me and he has called me for his his into his mission. Right. Like, my life is all about him. Right. And that makes me feel good. Right. That to me is, is a healthy. You are not the end goal. Christ is but the end yeah, goal. Ultimately, like, that's not a self. That's not an esteeming of myself. It's right. an esteeming of the good God who has esteemed me. So is it an order thing or is it a, like if, if I know that God's esteemed me, then I can take confidence in that and his love for and, me. And, and I would his, just argue that, right? that that's, it's not that's me. fundamentally different than esteeming yourself because okay. you yeah. the because yes. is the thing where you say, I can have self-esteem because God has basically made it right. possible. Right. And so what that does is that because says, oh, it's, it's esteeming God mm. in, a, in, in a roundabout way. That's good. Just, and so I, I, in that sense, I can agree with this idea that self-esteem, period, writ large, that's all it is, is just self-esteem, done. You're great in and of yourself, aside from God. No, that's right. I think that's pride. You have to, yeah. and you have to define it. I mean, I, you know, Googled it, of course, and they talk about self-esteem as a child's overall sense of worth or va- personal value describes how they feel about themselves. I mean, some go as far to say a child is not born with a higher low self-esteem. They have to learn how to feel good about themselves. And it's important to help children develop self-esteem. It's a lot of things that are being said on the internet. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, yeah. Uh, Cause we don't, cause okay, let's take this to the opposite end. Right. Okay. So child, your self-esteem is evil. Okay. You say that to them. So what now are they supposed to have this view of themselves that is, Oh man, I'm, I'm just the worst. I, there's nothing redemptive about me. Right. Cause and, then. Okay. So in a, from a theological standpoint, <laughs> from a, from a salvation standpoint, right. 
yeah, I mean, I think total depravity is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and what that means is not that there's nothing good about somebody. It means that there's nothing salvific about me that right. I can't enact my own salvation. It has to be enacted upon me by the power of the we Holy Spirit. We're dead in our trespasses. We're dead and I need to be brought to life. I can't, as Vodi Bakum says, like dead men don't reach. Like I don't reach for God. God reached for me. Right. And so that in that sense, yes. Okay. Child, you can't save yourself. Like turn to Christ, yeah. look to Christ. But we just have to be wise and discerning in this because on, on one far end, we say, yeah, you're the best at everything because you're awesome because in and of yourself, I just, you're the best. That's right. sloppy. Or no, you are totally depraved and, right. you're, and, and that's the other. Ex- right. There's a category there. Right. I'm harping on this because I can hear the reformed voices saying, oh, you're being soft on, on, you know, and, and you're, you're being soft on this, this core doctrine full of depravity. I'm saying, well, no, you're not recognizing categories that mm-hmm. the, the reformers would have recognized. Right. And so, we're, we're, yeah, so there just needs to be some, some discernment, some distinction there. Right. But most parents, I mean, frankly, probably aren't thinking twice about saying, hey, good job, son. <laughs> good job, daughter. Well, you did and good. I, well, I mean, we've heard parents say like, kids, you're not good. So they don't say you're good a good boy. boy. They don't say good boy. They yeah. don't say, which... Which, based on what I just said, I would have a conversation with them and say, "Let's think about why <laughs> you, you just said that." Because right. I, I don't, I don't think you're really thinking it through. Right. So this is the this is the core of our conversation here. There so, we go. This is good. Image two. They go on to say, as Christians, our goal is not to feed the pride in our children, but to establish the truth that we are esteemed by God, our Father, our Creator, and this is infinitely better than self-esteem. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. We see this in James 4, 6. And who cannot use more of grace? Uh, they also reference 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. So we're seeing this play of hum- humility and grace. And hmm. we are we are esteemed by God. And our we you know ideas that we've talked about in this podcast before, Mago Day, we are made in his image. These are all things that are being fought right now in our oh yeah the world wants to rip they away want the our image children of God they want yeah yeah they want the image of god to not be anything important not even a hint of that there's uh, a um i'm gonna do a little bit of a digression here but i think it's worthwhile so you remember the the, the man who has calls himself a woman okay which one flashed <laughs> the nation in front oh, of the white house yes okay and uh, he got on the Instagram and did or TikTok or whatever and did this thing. It's like I, I basically the Bible won't let me lie, and I can't lie about who I am. Oh, that only was the I same can person? tell you who okay. I am, and this is who I am. So please don't make me lie because it's unchristian of you to make me lie. <laughs> and it occurred to me while I was in, it's like, well, you don't get to self-actualize. Like you don't get that's a that's a such a fundamental yeah difference between a worldview that is void of. The, the creator God of mm-hmm. the Bible and a worldview that says God is God and I am not yeah. Christianity. And the worldview says God gets to decide who I am. He gets to decide my worth. He gets to decide my gender. He gets to decide when I'm born, who I'm born to the life. I have to trust all that into him because he he's God as opposed to the contrary, which is I need to actualize some version of myself. And right. so yeah. I think that's exactly what they're talking about. I, yeah. I, I mean, you read the first image and we said our thing and then they read the second image. And it's basically what we were saying is that Absolutely. as Christians, our goal is, Uh, like we are esteemed by God and that is enough. Right. So I want to read just a short bit of their comment, uh, their text below these images. And 
It just It's just for dialogue and questions and thoughts. It says, we could tell our children, you're amazing, or you can do whatever you set your mind to. But the fact of the matter is our children innately know too often that they are not necessarily amazing. And they eventually learn that. Sure, they can do a lot. They can even do more than they thought they could. But they cannot do whatever they set their mind to. Can, to- can I jump in? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're watching... Uh, as a family, we've been watching slowly the, sh- the episodes of uh, Ultimate Beastmaster. <laughs> okay, so if you're not familiar with the show, it's like an American Ninja Warrior, but like not. It's just a different <laughs> obstacle course. Not. I'd say it's probably not as rigorous as the American Ninja Warrior yeah. obstacle course. So it's men and women are competing. Right. And inevitably, the men go further than the women because it's all about physical feats of strength. Upper Namely, body. Means- upper body. <laughs> yes. So... I have to, t- and we have the three daughters that are of age. This one doesn't really care what's going on on the show, <laughs> but they don't wonder. Like they know they're like, cause I've told them, I was like, listen, women are amazing. They're the crown jewel of creation, <laughs> but they're weaker than men. <laughs> like, I don't know how there's no, they are not built for this type of thing. Yeah. And so when the girls, when the women on the show fail, the girls are like, yep, just couldn't, didn't hang on. Not built for it. <laughs> like grip strength, arm strength, can't weak arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's I tease Selena. <laughs> I do have weak arms. You should actually you're pretty strong. I, I would say, well, but my arms are not. <laughs> but again, that, that's that, that, I forget why I brought that up. But it was part of. Uh, that, oh, that they can't to me. do whatever. Yes, because because you'll hear these contestants get on. They're like, I'm here to say that I'm here to prove that women can do just everything that men can do and better. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and I just have to say, that our girls. I pause it. I'm like, girls. Women can do amazing things. They can't do everything men can do and better. They just can't. And men can't do everything that women can do. Amen. Yes. And amen. And that's what I say to them. I right. say, and I, I add that as well, because there's a beauty to God's created order. You always have to say on podcasts like these, yes. Okay. You might have a really weak guy and a really strong woman and the woman would lift more than the guy. That's the exception to the rule. <laughs> so it's always not, the exception. Let's not have a what about but the syndrome. exception. Yeah. So, so continuing with this content real quick, this context. Uh, two things happen when a child is constantly encouraged this way. They either believe it and become narcissistic or they're greatly disappointed in themselves as they fail at being consistently or even occasionally amazing in the sight of others. Or when they've given it their all and they don't intend and they don't hit the intended mark. Either someone has lied to them or there must be something wrong with them. But as Christians, our children have someone, capital S, who is amazing and can do all things. Teach your children that they can put their confidence in God who never fails and teach them that a relationship with him will allow them to rest in the knowledge that if God wants it done, it will be done. Mm. Teach them that God values the lesson above the achievement and God uses the unmet mark to bring them to the place he wants them to go. So he can especially so they can especially trust his process. Teach them that placing their trust in him not only brings him glory, but brings the child a deep satisfaction in knowing he is accomplishing his will. God loves your child more than you do. And as your child understands this, they will see their day to day life as stepping stones, bringing them to the very life that God has planned for them. And this will be far better than anything they could have hoped or imagined. God confidence wins over self-confidence every time. This is good. And here's one thing that occurred to me while you're reading that is to feed. I'm just going to say it like this. To feed into our children's delusions is perhaps one of the most unloving things we can do as parents. Right. So we have some good friends who are, I would say, smaller in stature. Um, and he has two boys and they're, they're small, smaller 
in stature as well. And he's, he insists, he goes, there's no way my son is going to be a basketball player. <laughs> and some of our guys have gotten into, you know, arguments with him. So they're like, well, I mean, if he, if this, what about Muggsy Bogues? What about these <laughs> basketball players that weren't, you know, they weren't six foot six. They weren't, you know, what about, what about, what about? And he just, insists, he's like, there's no way, there's no way. I'm not loving my son. If I tell him, yeah, just try harder. And you one day will be in the NBA son. Cause he's like, the odds are against him. And his DNA is against him and he's going to spend, you know, however many years. I think that's loving. You're not feeding into your child's delusion. Well, and I think for us personally, it's at least for me, I'm watching the girls. I'm kind of seeing every day, you know, how they're developing, how they're changing over time and what their passions are, what they, you know, what they love to do. And we try to encourage them in all of those things. But we also, I mean, our encouragement really is rooted in the things of the Things of the Lord. Try of scripture. To, yeah, that's the that's the aim. Yeah. That's the aim. <clears throat> because yeah. you know, they have some really clear talents that are already kind of showing themselves. And the narrative around those are, you know, use them unto the glory of God. And we're not wanting to pigeonhole, you know, one sister likes art, the other likes science and engineering and how their minds work. We we want to see all of that. But I also think mm. you need to give your kids time to let some things play out. You need to kind of give them some time to, you know, oh, I want to be a firefighter. That's great. Like, let's go see what it takes to be firefighters and let's go watch and do. And, you know, you kind of just, you, you hold it all very loosely, I guess. If, I actually was listening to a sermon where somebody was, he was talking about Elijah and Elisha and how vocation like played into that and mm. how, uh, how our tendencies to society is to say, follow your passions. Hmm. He was talking about this in a study that was being done, how following your passion is almost always led to more dissatisfaction mm. in your career because basically you're getting there and you're realizing, you know, you can't make a living. You're not, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons why it's not satisfying. Right. Whereas the better path is to say, is to cultivate a love for, and a confidence for learning new things, mm -hmm. trying new things, mm -hmm. dabbling in things, maybe being okay with doing one thing for a season and moving to another. Now I'm right. not saying you, you switch careers on a, on a whim. Right. I mean, there's something to be said for specializing, but the, uh, and I think he talked about like the 10,000 hour lie yeah. yeah, and how, you know, if someone just thinks if I spend 10,000 hours on something, I'm going to be an expert on it. Like, you know, I think that was, I feel like we spent 10,000 hours on parenting and we're still not experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's based on I mean, Malcolm just, Gladwell's uh, book, um, yeah. Outliers, I think is what it was called. But anyway, with our daughters, we don't want to pigeonhole them because that's not the goal. The goal is to cultivate an affection for the Lord mm -hmm. and an affection for the things of God right. and a desire to serve him wherever that leads right? in whatever task that is. And frankly, whatever task is before you. Well, and I think too, the one thing that when, when we were growing up, the narrative was like, you know, you, you gotta, at least for me, it was like, I think this is the church narrative, not my parent, my family find God's will for your life. What is his purpose for you? What is, you know, it, it seems so ambiguous and out there, but yet so specific. And yet we're in <laughs> you, Thessalonians in our Bible, in our church. And we're going through that. And it's like, it says, this is the will of God for your life. And you're like, it's right here. Like it's laid out in scripture. It is not something ambiguous out there that I need to chase. Like God has, it's all there for me to see. Right. Mm. And so I want our children to, to see the things that they can be passionate about and that they should want to do are, should be unto the glory of God. That is what makes it glorious. It's not them being good at it, but it's them doing it to the mm. glory of God. Right. And so 
a few tangibles and some questions to ask, hopefully to get you guys thinking as parents and that we've asked ourselves and continually ask ourselves. So one of our tenets is all of parenting is discipleship. This is probably the one we harp on the most in the podcast (laughs) is how we disciple and train our children. It really depends on what we as parents value. So do you value God's word? Do you value family worship? Do you value scripture? Knowing it, uh, what did I say? Biblical literacy, gospel fluency. So do you know your Bible and do you know how Jesus and the the gospel ties from Genesis to revelation? Like, do we, are we fluent enough in it to be able to teach this to our children? Mm. Um, and that is our responsibility as parents, something we have caught, we are called to, and we are commanded to, uh, in terms of how we teach, how we love, how we encourage our children. Right. So are we, there's a couple things here. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. There's five. I didn't number them. I like bullet points versus numbers, but five, five things. Habits. Habits. that will Five habits that will reveal what we really value. Yes. Kind of a litmus test here. So family worship, is that something you do consistently? Do you, have you taught your kids yeah. how to do this? Here's a disclaimer. We do family worship almost daily. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know about family worship until like four or five years ago. Right. And in some church uh, streams, it's very common to talk about family worship, to make it a priority, to mm-hmm. you hear about it in church. You, In others, it's completely unheard of. Right. And so if you don't know what family worship is, hey, don't feel bad. We just learned about it. And let me tell you this, it has revolutionized our home yeah, life. And all it super is. Super simple. We have podcast episodes on yeah, it. And yes, we have, and we have, there's a, a free books. ebook yeah. on our website. Go to fierceparenting.com. There's a form, I think, right on the homepage that lets you download our family. That's a family vision. Family vision. Actually, it's not an ebook on our website. It's actually a, um, it's a, it's a special page. It's, okay. it's under resources on fierceparenting.com. Go check that out. And it's just really simple. Uh, you read the word, you pray, and ideally you're praying scripture, but you're praying specifically together, and you're yeah. singing together. You're singing God's <laughs> praises together. Which is basically the habits that I'm, we're talking about here. Yeah. So family worship, doing that as a family and instilling that into mm-hmm. your children in their private worship, teaching them that uh, consistent and active involve, involvement in church. Are you known by your church body? Does your church, do you know your church body, right? Is there, is there mm-hmm. overlap in your lives uh, to where they know what's going on in your life and the, ch- the life of your children? Um, worship daily and consistently. I'm guilty of not are you saying private worship? Like, so there's sorry. I think there's personal. Sorry. So the first one is family worship. Second one is public tr- worship. Yeah, public worship. And this would be is, categorized as private, as secret worship. So that's what the the, the Puritans would have called it. Yes. Secret worship is only between you and God, and that's right. what you're talking about right, right here. Yeah. Um, and then prayer. As we, as we, sorry, are we teaching them to pray? As we teach them to pray, are we? is the better question, teaching them to pray. Um, there's lots of acronyms for prayer. One that we've used with the kids is praise, request, admit, and yield. Uh, spells pray. Whoa. Pray. Yeah. <laughs> That's- um, and then scripture, of course, the, the biblical literacy, gospel fluency. Are we building these into our children at home through family worship? Uh, is, are they being built into yeah. our children at church? So again, the goal is to help our children see themselves rightly because, we need to, they need to see themselves how God sees them and to have confidence ultimately in God and not in themselves. If they're looking to themselves, they will always fail themselves. They'll never be strong enough. They'll never be good enough. They'll never be. And mm-hmm. God, Jesus says, like, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, like cast your cares on me. Right. And so if, if our children are already feeling bogged down by, by the weight of the world or they seem, you know, distraught about not being good enough, um, 
which is again, why it's so important to teach our kids about how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with falling short, how to deal with failure, how to understand that outside of God, we are, we are sinners. We are broken. There is nothing we can do to fix ourselves. Mm. And so that is the message of the gospel. And that is what we need to teach our children, even when we are encouraging them in the good things. Are we encouraging them rightly in the things of the Lord? You nailed it at the, at the end, like you remove God from all of this and we are in utter darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remove God from creation and creation ceases no creation. to yeah. exist. Yeah. You remove God from the, the hope continuum that we live on as Christians yeah. and nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately in a dark place in every way. And so if you are without God and you are without knowing him, you're without understanding that his, he loves you at great cost to himself. Mm-hmm. If you are without that, we want to turn on a light in your soul, friend, or we want rather we want to be the avenue through which the Holy Spirit cranks on that light mm-hmm. in your heart. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know who Christ is, you don't know what it means to follow him. You don't know what the gospel means. First thing is this, find a friend, ask him what it means. And I, and obviously that friend would have to be a Christian, but ask them what all that means. Mm-hmm. Ask them to read scripture with you. Find a church, like Selena was saying, that preaches out of the Bible mm-hmm. where you can be known and you can know others and you can be discipled truly. If two, if both of those things are hard to come by, we have a website for you that might help get your foot on that path. And it's this, thenewsisgood.com. Um, all of this, all of us have context only because God gives it to us. Mm-hmm. He is the very foundation by him, through him, for him, all things in Christ. Like everything mm-hmm. is created for Christ, by Christ, through him. And that's what we're saying here is mm-hmm. that our children have esteem because Christ has esteemed mm-hmm. them. Because God has esteemed them first by saying you're made in my image, but now you're called mm-hmm. my own, adopted. Mm-hmm. We want that for you. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your word that is always timely in our hearts. I pray for uh, these parents as they go about the business of encouraging their children. I pray that you would help them encourage with, um, with generosity, but with specificity, with mm. a clarity, with always pointing and, and rolling up that esteem to the esteem that you've given to us as your children made in your image. So I pray that we would do all these things unto uh, your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, thank you for joining us. If you are considering partnering with us, I didn't say this at the beginning, but if you want to partner be become one of our fierce families, patrons, you go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We would be honored. Um, but either way, it's an honor. It's an honor to do this. Thank you for your time and your attention. This episode of Fierce Parenting is. And we can. See you again in seven days. Till next time. Stay peace.